Best place to be is wherever God wants you. No matter how scary the place is that he's taken you, it's never going to be as bad as the place where he is not. We want to obey God even if we don't always think we do. If you've been around young children for any length of time, you've inevitably seen them disobey and then change their mind once they face some sort of consequence. You tell them to do something and they resist and you say, okay, well, since you're not going to do what I told you to do, then X, Y, Z is going to happen. And then immediately they're like, no, never mind, I'll do it. Look, I'm doing it. If I'm doing what you want me to do, then I'm not in trouble, right? No need for punishment. I'm doing what you want, see? We've all seen that play out before, right? And then if it works and they do get out of trouble, then you've probably seen it many, many times. Well, today we're going to see this scenario play out with God's children. Now that they've been told the consequences of their disobedience, they do the same thing. Remember that they were afraid to go into the land that God told them to, and now they're completely forbidden. And they're going to have to wander in the wilderness for the next 40 years until they die. So this lesson reminds us that we do want to obey God. He has our best interests in mind. He has a path for each one of us. And because he's on that path with us, then we do want to be there. Listen to the Israelites' reaction when they learn their fate. And then let's talk about what we can learn from the decisions that they make. This is Numbers 14, 39 to 45. It says, Then Moses told these words to all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. They arose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain and said, Here we are, we'll go up to the place that the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Now why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up, lest you be defeated by your enemies. For the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you will fall by the sword because you've turned away from the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up on the mountaintop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, nor Moses, departed from the camp with them. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites, who dwelt in that mountain, came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Hormah. So when the Israelites were confronted with the reality of their choice, it didn't seem like such a good choice after all. When they saw God's anger and they realized that they were going to die in the wilderness, suddenly they did want to enter the land. When they realized that their lives had absolutely no purpose anymore, then suddenly they found their courage. But it was too late. They'd already made their choice. The time to obey had passed. Sometimes we make choices by default. Have you ever thought about that? I found a mirror at a little antique store the other day, and I showed it to a picture of it to my husband, and I asked him what he thought, and he said, yeah, go ahead and get it. But then I waited several days before I went back to the store, and by that time, it was gone. So by not buying the mirror right away, I'd chosen not to buy it ever, just by default. I wasn't too afraid to buy it like the Israelites were, but it's the same thing. The Israelites, by being too afraid to move forward in their faith, chose to stay behind, and apparently they didn't think about what that would mean. If we knew that by choosing fear, it meant that we would never get to leave that place, do you think we'd still make that choice? Fear has the power to paralyze us and keep us wrapped in its clutches forever, if we let it. But if we choose faith, then yeah, it can be scary, 
But at least it brings with it the possibility of something better. There's hope at least of that, right? Not only did the Israelites not think through what it meant to stay there, but they also didn't think about the possibilities of entering. The fear of death blinded them so much that they didn't even think about what it would be like if they did live. God had been promising that their nation would inherit this land that was flowing with milk and honey since before they were even born. And then the spies went in and they said, yeah, it's beautiful and fertile and great land. And apparently they just never considered the possibility that they might live and get the land. (laughs) And so here's just a few things for you to think. Have you ever made a choice out of fear and then wished you'd chosen differently after it was too late? Have you ever said no to God and then, like a child, when you were faced with the consequences, just wanted to change your mind? What about when you're confronted with a choice? Do you think through all the possibilities of each decision? Or do you just do whatever's easiest at the time or wait until it's too late or act on your feelings instead of what you know is right? Here's a couple of verses to remember when you're scared. Hopefully these will help you move past your fear and do what God wants you to do. First one is Psalm 31:24. Be of good courage and you shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And then Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. So if you're afraid, but you know that you should act contrary to that fear, then go to God and ask him to give you courage. Ask him to strengthen your heart and deliver you from your fears and help you to trust him. He'll hear you and he has the power to do what you ask. So ask him. Okay, let's get back to the Israelites and how they decided not to go into the land after they already been banished. Apparently, They were like the child that was thinking that their dad would change his mind after they changed their mind. Suddenly, their courage had returned. They were motivated. Uh, You know, punishment has a way of doing that to us sometimes. But God wasn't going to change his mind. He had already told Moses that back in Numbers 14.35 when he was explaining the punishment to him. He said, I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so. To all this evil generation who are gathered together against me in the wilderness, they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. They'd already had their chance to change their mind. Joshua and Caleb had already tried to lift them out of their fear. Remember, they reminded them of God's power, and they encouraged them to trust in the Lord. And if they would have just had a momentary bout of fear and then listened to the encouragement and rise above it, then everything would have been fine. But instead, they tried to stone Joshua. This is when God stepped in and he stopped him and he said, okay, apparently you've made your decision. I mean, it's pretty final, right? They're obviously determined not to go in. They wanted to stone the people that were trying to convince them to do it. But now all of a sudden, they're determined to go ahead. They seem to think that they're determined to obey, but they weren't. First of all, they didn't have an obedient or faithful or trusting heart, did they? They were just trying to avoid their punishment. But also, now they were just determined to disobey further because God was saying no now. He had told them to do it, but they told him no. And so now he's saying He specifically said, turn back. Listen to what it said in verse 25. 
The Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley, so tomorrow turn and move into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. So they're not doing it, right? So they're disobeying. They're determined to disobey. And when they told Moses that they were going to go in, he told them not to. He said, why are you transgressing the commands of the Lord? Basically, why are you going outside the boundaries that God just gave? And then he said, you know, you're not going to succeed. You're going to be defeated because God isn't with you in this. And since you turned away from him, then he's not going to be with you. Apparently, they thought Moses was wrong and they could just say yes and everything would be okay. But that's not how it worked out. And so we have to be careful to listen to what God's saying to us in the present and follow every single command that he gives us. If we're being generous to the Israelites, we could say that they were doing what they thought was best, but it isn't what God told them. And so listen to these couple of verses about listening and obeying exactly what we're told. First one's in Isaiah 30, 21, and it says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So this is very precise, right? God is behind us and he's saying, go forward or go to the right or go to the left. God wants us to obey him. And so if he wants us to do something, he's going to tell us we just have to pay attention. Now, in the first eight verses of Proverbs 3, it says, my son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So here, Solomon's warning about knowing God's laws and ways and truth and not going our own way. He says that we need to know them fully so that these laws are just a part of us. That they influence even your feelings. That's what he's talking about when he says write them on your heart. Let his ways influence how you feel about them. Trust him completely and don't reason everything out according to the way that makes the most sense to you, like the Israelites were doing here, thinking they're smart enough without his help. Instead, acknowledge him in everything you do, and then he'll give you direction. Be more afraid of disobeying him than anything else, and then you'll have peace and strength and good health and long life. Now, does that mean that we're promised to live a long life and not be sick if we obey God? No, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying if you keep the rules, then they'll keep you safe and they'll teach you how to live a good, healthy, better life. And then you'll be healthier if you obey him than if you don't. So we don't want to be like the Israelites and do what seems the best to us instead of what God tells us. And so what they never understood is that their victory or their defeat wasn't going to be decided by human strength or ability or will. The outcome of every battle depended completely on God. It was determined according to his will, his strength, and his ability. If God was with them, then they were going to be victorious. And if he wasn't, then they'd be defeated. 
Moses told them that they weren't going to succeed because God wasn't with them. This was no longer his will for them, and he wasn't going to fight for them. Remember that the ark is where God's presence dwelt, and Moses wouldn't allow the ark to go with them in battle, and so they knew that God's presence wasn't going with them, and they left God behind, and they moved ahead without them. They stood absolutely no chance of victory. We should never, ever go before God. We want to follow his lead and not leave him behind. We don't want to go a different direction at all, right? It's just like it said in that Isaiah 30 verse. We want to walk the way God tells us, only going to the left or the right when he says. No matter how scary the place is that he takes you, it's never going to be as bad as the place that he isn't. The best place to be is wherever he wants us. And so, several verses about God being with us. Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come. And then Psalm 118, 6-8. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What command do? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who help me. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put my confidence in me. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then Mark Four thirty-five to 41 this is Jesus with his disciples and it says on the same day when evening had come Jesus said to them let's cross over to the other side now when they had left the multitude they took him along in the boat as he was other little boats were also with him. and then a great storm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling but Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we're dying? And then he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They did fear exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the waves obey? And so do you see that they felt like Jesus didn't even care? And it's easy for us to feel like that because sometimes it just looks like God isn't doing anything about whatever we're afraid of. But Jesus says to us too, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? When we trust in God, then we have no reason to be afraid because he does care and he's able to make the wind and the sea obey him just like that verse said. And so if he has the power to do that, then he has the power to help us too. We just need to trust him. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. 
The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made the desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So when God's with us, we shall not be moved. He will help us just at the break of dawn. It may seem like it's at the very last minute, but he's going to help us. He's in charge of all the battles we face. And he just wants us to be still, be at peace, be absent of fear, knowing that he's God and he's with us. And then we're exactly where we want to be, right? So that's the lesson this week. Find out where God is and be there. Don't go ahead of him. Don't leave him behind. Listen to where he tells you to go and then don't get off the path that he has. Next week, many of the Israelites begin to blame Moses, and there's a great rebellion, and of course, God shows them that Moses and Aaron are his chosen leaders, and they need to follow them, even if it's in the wilderness. And so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Leave me a five-star review and comments wherever you're listening. If you're new to Live Through Jesus, go to livethroughjesus.com and sign up for your free five-week Bible study over Abraham, and then it'll immediately be sent to your inbox whenever you add your email. You'll also find lots of blog posts on the website, so look around while you're there. And don't forget to follow me on all your social media at Live Through Jesus. Thanks and have a good day. Thank you.